0: Hello and welcome to the Premier League on Tap, your FPL draft podcast. My name is Nate, better known as Draftopia, and with me is Zach, A.K.A. Drafting for Upside. Zach, how you doing?
1: Doing well, man. Doing well. It's been too long. I'm chomping at the bit, looking at trades left and right, but just trying to sit on my hands for now. How about you?
0: Yeah, yeah. Nothing too quick right now, especially with a couple game week or a couple fixtures in the game week. I'm really waiting to see what those lineups are looking like first.
1: Real excited for this first podcast. Hopefully, a uh, long series to come. Uh, just to just to give the listeners a first little goal statement, we're looking to provide fantasy managers with a game by game player preview for the upcoming game week, um, using the draft Premier League lens specifically. So, you know, we're not out there for those FPL folks. Um, and then we're looking to give you guys the need to knows on a weekly basis, while we just impart some of our in house opinions as managers ourselves. Um, we're always open to your questions as well. Um, yeah, I'll let you kick it off.
0: Yeah, uh, what a week to start a podcast. Um, with postponements left and right last week, and now we have seven of ten matchups proceeding. Or, um, as you've calculated, we have 154 starting players to choose from, which I actually had to double check your math on because I almost didn't believe you. Um, everyone's going to be shortchanged on players for the most part it's as important as ever to decide who you can drop but word of caution do not get too trigger happy on waivers because there's a chance that you don't really have a shot to win your matchup anyway uh this week is going to be kind of like your senior year in high school you're looking to scrape by while doing the bare minimum So double check your matchup, assess your team realistically to determine the odds of you winning and act on that. It could be possible that your opponent has stacked players from their favorite teams like Chelsea or Manchester United, or a team that is a blank fixture this week. In which case, don't throw away your Alises or your Bamfords for cheap. One game stands. So let's kick it off and let's get into the Premier League Game Week H fixtures. Sec. run us through your drops and keeps for this week. I know we have Brighton, we have Crystal Palace, we have Leeds, Manchester United, Chelsea, and Liverpool. All games are postponed for those teams. So who from those teams are you looking to cast aside to pick somebody up that actually has a game this week?
1: Yeah, so I just kind of went on fan tracks and looked through uh, who's roughly over 30% rostered. Um, Went through some of the main guys. Should be pretty much everyone. Um, hit us up if you have any other questions. But for Brighton, I've got Welbeck. Defenders not named a Caicedo, uh, who's a bit of a fringe one, but I'd be okay with you dropping. And Veltman. Uh, going to Crystal Palace, I've got Mateta, Ducure, and Ayu. Leeds, I've got Mark Roca, or really anyone under 50% owned. That one's actually pretty clear cut uh, man, you, I've got Veron. If you haven't dropped Shire or McGuire, they need to hit the wire and also Fred.
0: I like your I little rhyme there. That was cute.
1: Unintended. <laughs> you caught me there. <laughs> Chelsea is a complete grab bag. Now. I know people are holding a lot of these guys because you know, they've got upside. Uh, they could, they, their role could change overnight for Chelsea. We know that. Um, But when it comes to winning your game week, if these are guys they are looking, you know, you have to drop them. They're on the chopping block. I'd be fine with getting rid of Koulibaly, Gallagher, Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic, Ziyech, Azpilicueta, and actually one guy I'm rostering right now, which I'm debating about, but I'm going to say we should drop, is Pulisic. Um, He's he's definitely one I'd like to hold on to if I could, but if you think that's going to be the tip of the balance for your matchup, I'd be fine with it. I mean, he hasn't gotten any meaningful minutes this season. We haven't seen it. So, bye-bye. Uh, Liverpool, I've got Joe Gomez, who, you know, has recently kind of looked like garbage and uh, maybe, you know, getting replaced soon by Matip or Uh We've got Fabinho, Carvalho, Henderson, Uh, And then two guys, Simikas or Konate, I'd really try and keep them. But if you gotta, it's fine. Robertson's probably going to be back soon. Um, And then Konate is going to come back. And we don't know if it's going to be Hammer Matip. I'd assume Matip, uh, especially got the start today in UCL. But we'll see.
0: I have Simikas in one league, and I am... He's on. It's on the tip of my finger whether I'm going to drop him or not. It's. It's. I really mm. have to look at the matchup and see if I can afford it or not. Because I know he's going to be pretty useful in weeks to come.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, he definitely has that potential. It's nice if you have Robertson. If you could handcuff him right now, um, I'm not a huge proponent of the handcuff. But if he's, you know, if he's floating around there, you have him because you have Robertson. It becomes a little bit tougher. Uh, but I'd still be comfortable dropping him. Klopp says he's supposed to come back after the international break. You might miss one or two games, but you want to win this week, you know.
0: Yeah, you um, want to win every week. It's true. <laughs> as
1: we are currently.
0: So, yeah, I mean, we're both 6-0 in the Genie yeah, League. Different mind. divisions, but Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> number good. 1 and 2 up there. Exactly. That's why we're doing this. We mm-hmm. we obviously know what we're talking about.
1: Exactly. Clearly.
0: <laughs> so, from those squads, who are you looking to keep?
1: Yeah, so brighton pretty short list here and like i said these are these are your fringe guys you should know you should keep your trossards um and your marches and your grosses so i'm not going to say those guys you know that already brighton um the one guy that like you heard him earlier is i think he's got lots of upside in this new system you could see um, that formation change to a back four at which point he's really the only natural left back in that team and we know he scores well has good history. They brought him in as a direct replacement for Cucurella. If you can keep him, I'd really try to. I'm not saying you have to, but it'd be nice. Um, Crystal Palace, Olise, I've heard some people around Twitter talking about dropping him, and I just simply can't fathom that. Um, I just traded Brendan Aronson to, um, you know, sorry, sorry, Jeannie. But, uh, I saw you got some shtick <laughs> for that. Yeah, yeah, I got a little bit of shtick for that as I've been t- – Tuning the horn for him but i simply couldn't pass up on olisa i really wanted him at draft time but i saw he had the injury so i held off till now um and you know got a nice little eighth for fifth round value exchange there so i'm happy about that but i would really try and hold on to him if he gets nailed on in this side he's taking sets he's super dynamic young everything you want out of a talent and crystal palace scores uh pretty well as far as things go for uh fantasy mm-hmm. um Leads. I've got Rodrigo and Sinistera as people that people might be considering dropping, although I, I've i only heard Sinistera once or twice. I would really try to hold on to those two guys. Uh, they should be pretty nailed down on the side. I know if Bamford comes in, you could lose Rodrigo, but he started so hot that I think Marge probably rewards him and tries to keep him in that squad. What about Bamford?
0: How do you think... What do you think he should go? Which way should he go in this week? Personally,
1: I didn't even include him on this list um, because I think its he's just a guy you got to keep. He's always kind of scored well when he's been on the field. He can sometimes be a bit boomer bust, but you know what you're getting out of him as your second or third forward. Um, I think he's got to stay in your squad. You just got to be patient like you are with maybe with DCL, even though he does not yeah. have that same upside. Yeah. Um, moving into Man U. Got. I've heard some people talking about dropping Ronaldo, and that simply needs to stop. He can't be dropped yet. Don't be silly. Um, Unless you have, like, two bench spots, he's got to stay. Martinez, he's got to stay. He's been a key cog in that defense, and he's actually been playing, or, or, you know, for fantasy purposes, not too bad for you. Um, Martial... He's a fringe guy you could drop. I wouldn't really want to. He could find his way into that squad pretty easily with, you know, one injury or even without an injury, just due to rotation. Melasiya, I think the numbers are going to come soon, but he's, you know, nailed on in that team. Shaw has very little chance at getting in that starting roster again. Eric Ten Hag really likes the guy, and Casimiro. One of the biggest reasons you probably got to include him in this list may not even be his numbers. He might really post numbers similar to Kai Seda, who I mentioned earlier, but he's got that name to him, and I don't think people always consider that that has trade value. There's mm-hmm. probably somebody who wants him, and I feel like you got to hold on to that guy, and you probably spent a little bit of fad to bring him in.
0: That's what I was just going to say, is he so. is a player that you probably brought in with more fab than you wanted to and at this point you're literally just throwing that fab away if you drop him so someone in your league will trade for him if you do want to get rid of him even so. if he's just a two for one toss in you know yep. he's he's got some value you can't
1: just drop the guy yep so that wraps oh no never mind sorry missed the uh, the final two we got Chelsea Thiago Silva Havertz and Fofana they gotta stay in your rosters um, pretty self-explanatory for most of those. I know Kai Havertz got dropped in a couple leagues, but new regime, man. And he's been getting the starts. Whether he's performed well or not, that's another story. But he's probably going to get the start out of the block, I'd imagine. Um, so you got to stick with him. And then Liverpool, you've got Thiago, who put in a good shift today in UCL. Matip scored a goal. So he'll probably hop into the squad sooner rather than later and harvey elliott who has been looking pretty good for that team and i think will retain his spot
0: even with the return of Thiago. i think there's a few players in that chelsea liverpool spot right there that you just mentioned that if you are on the fringe of dropping any one of those six players that you just mentioned i i think they get snatched up immediately so this is yeah. definitely a game week to where do you want to risk it all for a possible victory? And There's some game you, theory involved. Yeah. You just know you're not going to get that player back.
1: <laughs> Correct. You have to be okay with that if you're dropping them. You have to be able to just send them out and don't say, I'm going to send this guy out and then I'm going to drop a ton of fab on him just because I can. It's not worth it for one week. Just You have to not. firmly
0: believe that you've seen it all from Kai Havertz in the first six games this year. And that nothing's going to change moving forward. Right. (laughs) Which I, I mean, I'm on the fence about that one, but I, it it has to get better at Chelsea. It has to.
1: I mean, what if he slots into the gross role that Brighton just had? I I don't want to say he could be just as good as he's been, but I'm sure most people agree as a footballer, he's more talented than Pascal Gross.
0: Yes. And as your namesake, you just have to look at the upside on that one. That's why you're keeping him around. Damn right. <laughs> so, let's jump into the game week here, and let's start with Friday's fixture. fixtures of, let's start off with Aston Villa versus Southampton. Aston is favored by half a goal in this one, and your over-under for the game is at about two and a half, so we're looking at almost two to three goals scored in this one. Um, for Villa, uh, the only notable injury we've got is Matty Cash, but... Who are you looking to start in this one? If they're in the starting eleven,
1: yeah. So just to go through, I mean, some of the studs, really. I think this game's pretty simple overall. Um, and, and also, just as a precursor to the rest of these fixtures, um, we're, we're going to run through um, the guys that you need to start on a weekly basis, and then we're also going to provide you a couple of streamers here. Um, so. At least for Villa right now, the starting lineup I think is projected to be Watkins, Coutinho, Ings. But you could see Ings swap out for Bondia, um, or even Leon Bailey. He's been decent lately. So I think any of those three—or disclaimer—any uh, three, any of those three guys that's not named Ings, send them in your starting lineup. <laughs> You're shortchanged on guys this week. Totally understand. You have to put a guy out pretty much if he's starting and presents any little bit of upside. Um, and then on top of those attackers, I'd also toss Dinier in there. Uh, I would not start Ashley Young if I could you know, not do that. He's, what is he, 37 now? Um, <laughs> I don't really see a whole lot of upside with this Villa defense. Um, and Southampton hasn't been bad at scoring. Uh, So, I I don't see a whole lot of clean sheet potential either. This one's probably slated to be like a 1-1 tie. Um, So, if you had to from Villa, I'd be comfortable streaming Ramsey. Um, You know, you could do Douglas Louise. I know John McGinn was drafted high, but he hasn't been scoring very well. So, you could be forced into starting those guys simply because you have no other options. But as to guys that I'm going to suggest you, you know, if you had a guy you were willing to drop for... Um, Ramsey, you could potentially do that, but other than that, you're probably just starting the guys you have on your team that start. And some of these are going to be that simple,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I would second that. I would say um, the clean sheet potential in this one, I think, leans a little bit in the favor of Villa, mostly just because they are at home. Um, Mm -hmm. I know the defense has been pretty suspect lately, and it's very very frustrating as a manager in fantasy seeing Digne ghost out of his mind but get three or four points because they're shipping two goals a game or so I mean one or two at least so and the Buendia Coutinho role I mean when is Gerard just going to throw both of them in and say figure it out because they're both talented enough to figure things out I don't think Ings should play another game for them but that's besides the point
1: yeah, I I, concur with everything you just said. I'm not going to get too far into team strategy, but there comes a point where he's got to just stick with three guys so they can develop some chemistry because they just look like they have no idea how to play together sometimes. Yeah.
0: So mo- let's move to the Southampton side. Um, really no significant injuries. Um, this team has actually been extremely fun to watch. Uh, I catch myself tuning into their games when i'm not watching a spurs game so uh extremely young a lot of talent on that roster but they're definitely going to go through a lot of growing pains this year um so it looks like we're starting the usual suspects james ward Prowse, obviously um is there anybody else on that roster that you're looking to start if they're named in that starting 11
1: yeah, so like you said earlier, Aston Villa can you know be known to ship a goal or two or three. Uh, so, <laughs> so Che Adams is a safe bet if he's in that starting lineup to um, you know roll, get rolled out in your starting lineup. He has been ghosting pretty well as of late. I'd say you ride that one till the wheels fall off, and um, yeah, I mean you're not going to drop him. So. <laughs> I can't see you having too many better options that you're going to swap out for. <laughs> exactly. We're
0: really scraping the you, bottom of the barrel this week.
1: Unless you have no, you know, London guys that have gotten their games canceled. I, I can't see benching him. Yeah. Um, and then streamers I'd be looking for. Um, really, most of their defense um, Perot, um, KWP, Bella, Hap catch up some people are saying <laughs> um they're all decent shouts if you have to um is not bad the only disclaimer with him is he might not play a ton of minutes i think he's been getting yanked mm-hmm. around the 65th 70th minute maybe earlier so just be careful with him i mean you're probably picking him up off waivers so you could maybe afford to not start him i'd think but yeah. Uh, that's a personal dilemma I'll leave you with I can't predict if he's going to get 70 to 80 or 90 minutes
0: I think really with this matchup you're looking at the wingbacks for both squads if you really do want to start the 137 year old um, Ashley Young go for it but uh, your KWP Kyle Walker-Peters has been performing adequately um, hasn't really been on the right side of the attacking returns and Southampton haven't really kept that many clean sheets this year but with a low scoring implied total for this game you're really taking a gamble especially if you're in a stream one of these guys to plug into a defensive slot that you just need to fill so that you can roster a legal squad um you're really hoping for a clean sheet here honestly from either side
1: you are, and it's totally possible. You know, uh, probably. I mean, more so from Southampton than Villa, right? Uh, mm-hmm. at, at least, in my opinion. I know. I know Villa's slated to win, but in terms of you know which team could post up a donut, I think Villa is probably more likely. Yeah, I think so too.
0: So let's move on to the next Friday game. We've got newly promoted playoff game: Nottingham Forest versus Fulham. Over under is set at two and a half. So it could be some goals in this one too. Um, Nottingham forest has signed 22 total players, two full starting 11s in this off season, which I don't think I've ever seen before outside of football manager. Um, this is a squad that could change heavily throughout the year. And I have no idea where we're going to end up with their starting 11.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of variance with Nottingham Forest. Like you said, 22 guys. Their starting lineup hasn't really changed a whole lot, though, recently. So it's interesting how Steve Steve Cooper, I believe is his name, how mm-hmm. he's been leaving that side relatively the same. Um, you know, the back line has, has stayed pretty much the same. I personally have on Lodi in a couple of leagues he's been rather frustrating but i'm going to keep the faith with him this week um you know fulham's a good goal scoring side mitrovic is absolutely on fire uh, oh, yeah. if it were for Holland, man this guy would be pff, this guy'd be the top top guy being talked about i mean he's still being talked about a ton i think uh what what he's done so far is just crazy we don't see strikers get promoted from the championship and do things like this um so uh, definitely ride, you know, ride, ride him until the wheels fall off. I think, uh, I you know, hopefully they never do. I think he's in the top five scorers right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, let's um, you know, let's start with Forest. Uh, so, like I said, team sheet shouldn't look too too different. They've given up six goals in the past two games. Um, I think maybe, yeah, I think maybe more than that even they keep a clean sheet two games ago
0: i honestly don't remember who they even played last time out
1: yeah i i know you know moral of the story they're not they're not too great at keeping the ball out of their net but uh, i would say that uh nico williams is a stud who who's been ghosting out of his mind you gotta you gotta keep starting him i think um potentially even a trade-in candidate because i really think that they could start you know building some chemistry potentially and and keeping it keeping it out i know dean henderson um some people have been trading for him early in the season i've never seen people trade for a goalie before <laughs> but if there ever was one he was it so oh, yeah. i think it might be a little bit of recency bias but i, I think you roll out your studs nico williams I, morgan gibbs white probably too i know He's hopped on some of those sets from Nico Williams, which is giving some people pause and making them want to trade him out. I think they both go right in. Uh, Run on Lodi, I mentioned earlier, I think you keep the faith. I think you roll him out there. He's been ghosting okay. It's a new team. Um, it's totally reasonable for him to have a slower start. But I think he's passing the eye test, in my opinion, though. I've only watched a bit of Forrest. And hmm. then, likely, if you have Lingard on your roster, you're probably not dropping him oh, he probably could. Um, <laughs> you're probably going to have to roll him out there. I don't really see if you have a whole lot of better options. And even if he were on waivers, which, you know, like I said, he potentially could be, he, he would probably be more of like a pickup guy for this week. So I'd roll him out there too. Just don't expect the moon from him. Um, and then going on to Fulham, you know, you've got injuries of Harry Wilson for two to three more game weeks. Robinson we could see back, who I would suggest starting as a streamer. Um, but Already picked him up yeah
0: <laughs> love me some Anthony Robinson
1: our fellow American our American pride yeah um, yeah and then guys I'm starting every week our Mitrovic and Pereira um, unless Pereira starts to seed some of those clean sheets to Harry Wilson um, I think you got to also keep the faith there he's looked good from the eye test you know like I mentioned earlier um, which I do I don't know about you but I'm kind of like a like a 40, 70, 30. I test the stats guy.
0: Um, Yeah, I'd fall in that same category. Um, Stats can lie to you, but I mean, I trust my eyes to tell me Mm -hmm. who's playing well and who's not. Um, So forest has actually shipped 11 goals in their last three games. That's a six goal drubbing by city. They, conceded two to tottenham and three to bournemouth last week in a game they probably should have won oh boy
1: yeah so don't don't be expecting clean sheets but these assets that we're putting out there as starts are are pretty decent ghosting assets
0: as far know. as forest goes yeah what do we see emmanuel dennis come back into the fold at all ever because i picked him up in a league and i i still have him for some reason i don't know why but
1: yeah uh i mean he's a guy that if, if starting lineups come out and he's in it you gotta start him especially in this week in future weeks kind of want to play the wait and see on him and I'd really just rather leave him on waivers until I see him hit the starting lineup mm-hmm. that's kind of you know I have a couple different classes of guys you got your studs you got your prospective guys who are sitting on your bench you hope start and he's a guy that's going to sit on the waiver wire almost like another bench spot and I'm going to look at it and if he's starting fine totally start him um, if it's a decent matchup but until then I wouldn't waste a bench spot on him personally
0: yeah he's one of those 22 players that i know is good and he's a good fan asset but it may take until after the international break a few games in maybe even after the world cup until he really fully integrates with the squad and we really start to see some rotation uh but yeah he if i didn't already if i wasn't already overweight on players that are actually playing this week he would have been gone but in that specific league it's my home league i actually have a squad full of players that are playing this week so i don't really have any of those worries so uh i think i'm just going to hold on to him for now see what happens here in the next few weeks but right now he's sitting at a total of what minus two and a half so i uh not very uh, could
1: potentially be there next week still if he doesn't start this week so if he doesn't start you could probably drop him but um like i was telling you earlier actually today off air uh, nottingham forest is the lowest scoring team in terms of fantasy points as a whole um for midfielders and forwards their midfielders and forwards have combined for 191 fantasy points so far through week six um To create some perspective, Bournemouth is next up on the list at 234, and the top of the list is Man City with 577. So your Nottingham Forest assets have scored approximately one third of the points of Man City assets, with respect to the midfielders and forwards. Yeah. So, you know, if in the event someone does pick him up, you're probably not forfeiting too much upside there. Yeah. Them. Who knows? Maybe they start humming this week. Or happen to drop them. <laughs> That would make sense. That's how. That's how it seems to happen for me.
0: <laughs> so on the Fulham side, we've got Mitrovic, obviously the second highest scorer in the league. Long may it continue. Um, but obviously Pereira, the main cra- creative aspect of that midfield. Um, you've got your wingbacks and Tete and Robinson or Mbabu, whoever starts there. Um, does anyone else in that midfield? i mean are any of them really potential streamers in that aspect we actually have a question here from twitter that says fulham fixtures getting kinder which attacker is worth picking up cordova reed james cabano are are any of these guys really people that you're looking at
1: yeah i uh no
0: (laughs) (laughs) in short no i me either really names have sounded
1: attractive uh, I know some people are liking William, but I mean the guy's what, 33, 34 years old. I, yeah. uh, I I'm gonna be just fine if he goes out for 10 points on waivers. <laughs> there, yeah. I, there's not a whole lot of regret that's going on there. I, I would leave them all alone. I don't think there's a whole lot of upside of the three if they started Dan James, but I mean there's got to be better options there. Yeah, I, I'd almost be better better off starting João Paulina, because I know he'll go a full 90, you know?
0: Yeah, and he's going to get you your six points like a normal defensive midfielder would with a little bit of upside. Yeah. But, I mean, Cordova-Reed had a goal against Brentford, and he scored 14.5 points that game. Uh, He averaged four and a half, five points for the other five games. So, I just don't see a whole lot of upside nope. from those midfielders right now. Yeah.
1: So what do you say you move on to a game with a little bit more upside? Wolves in yeah. Man City?
0: Let's. Uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot of upside here. I'm pretty sure Wolves are a really good defense, and Man City don't score that often. Yeah. One of those I mean, things is true.
1: Yeah. You're you're not wrong. I mean, <laughs> Wolves actually, by the same metric I was just talking about with midfielders and forwards, fantasy points team scored, Uh, Wolves are number five in fantasy points scored, and interestingly enough you'd say that that stack could be skewed a bit by teams playing back fives because they have more defenders on the field, but Wolves have for them, you know, most part of the season been playing a back four. So, I think you could do a lot worse than starting some of these streamers from Wolves this week, Um, but I still wouldn't expect the moon, right? I mean, you got Holland in red hot form right now, Mm -hmm. and Wolves cannot buy a goal, so you're not getting assists. Just Do not expect it. The wing backs probably aren't going to get forward a whole lot. They're going to be, they're going to be sitting in their defensive formation, getting 25 to 30 percent of possession, and just praying that Holland's not on fire that day.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Man City showing up at Wolves. Uh, they're favored by a goal and a half. Uh, Over/unders of three goals right now. So. You're expecting City to have at least two of those three goals. I think the last time that City came into Wolverhampton, they scored five goals, six goals, and KDB had three or four of those. So, I mean, let's start with the Wolves side. Um, they've had three clean sheets in their first six games. That's pretty much where those defensive points come from. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of attacking returns from those defenders, so it's really just setting up shop and playing good, clean defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they don't have a striker. That's the first and foremost. They don't have anybody that can nope. score. But are there any guys that you're looking to start in this attack or anywhere on the field?
1: Yeah. So it's it's too bad that Kalajic was, you know, injured the other week his ACL, so he'll probably be out for the season, um, or at least the better part of the season. But um, even without him, even without the added goal upside that he kind of brings, uh, you're still starting Neto and Neves. Um, That pair has been, well, Neves more than Neto maybe, but they've been pretty decent so far. Um, Neves may be outperforming expectation a little bit and Neto under, but I think there's enough in this game where where you could see some ghost point returns, um, but like we said earlier, they're they're going to probably be sitting back. So it's not like a woohoo you get to start Neto and Neves. Uh, <laughs> you're probably just you have to start them because of the draft capital you invested for Neto, or just because of the history of Neves so far this season, who's been mm-hmm. playing pretty well. Um, streaming wise, I'd be. I'd actually be more inclined to stream center backs and Kilman and Collins because they're gonna, like we were talking about earlier. They're gonna pack it in, so they could get some aerials, some interceptions, tackles one. Whereas I could really see Sameto and Johnny or Ait Nori, um just constantly chasing people on the wings and never touching the ball, and they really won't have a whole lot of opportunity to uh, get forward. Now you could see them move into a five back, just because we've seen some teams like um, I think Palace did that against City, and it worked pretty well. Um, and they have the the personnel to do that. So I'd feel a little bit better about the wing backs in that scenario, and that might downgrade the center backs. But uh, in general, if they're running that four back, I, I like those center backs a little bit better.
0: Yeah, you're um, really playing towards a uh, City feeding. Holland, and like you said, you gotta get the headers away, and then if you're starting your Nettos and your Nevezes, it's I mean, City we've seen are susceptible to the counter-attack, Neves a long ball over the top that Neto chases onto and, I mean, obviously Ederson's prone to an error or two when he shows up halfway towards midfield and Neto just runs around him uh, I mean I, I could mm-hmm. see that happening in a game I don't think it's likely, but Yep. It's a possibility. Um, so there's a little bit of upside with that counterattack mm-hmm. for wolves, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I still think City dominate this game.
1: Yeah. Uh it's it's hard to not see that. And I mean that's why we provide that uh spread context as well as the over unders, just so we can get a feel of the game. Cause, you know, we'll we'll talk about these games, uh, you know, what we're expecting, we'll impart our own views. Uh, but in the, at the end of the day, the odds makers really do have a pretty solid idea how these games are going to go. So I think it's best to kind of start your guys around those narratives first and then mm-hmm. maybe give guys mini upgrades here and there based on the edges you think that certain teams have. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into Man City, it's looking like we've got injuries for Laporte, Walker, and Stones. Um, don't have the latest on all those guys, but I think I did hear, rumb- hear rumblings that Walker's probably not going to be ready. Um, in the end, though, I think it's really as simple to start everybody. Um, I know Wolves defenders on the season have actually scored more points than Man City defenders, but it, the clean sheet potential here is just simply too high. Th- mm-hmm. This is one that City will be disappointed if they don't walk out of here with a clean sheet. Yeah. Um, and you could realistically see like a one nothing win from City. They could struggle to break down Wolves. There's a scenario that happens, but I just I just don't see Wolves putting one in. So I think for the clean sheet upside alone, you got to start any of your City assets that you have in the back. The one that's interesting would be Gomez, because I know he's not listed as a defender, but he'll probably get every opportunity to get forward if he does start. Uh, so he could give you some attacking returns. It's not out of the question. He's just yeah. maybe not. He just doesn't possess that clean sheet upside like the other guys do.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting to see if Walker is out for this game, if Pep tweaks his tactics at all. Because as we've seen so far, we have Cancelo on the left-hand side and Walker on the right. And Walker, when both wingbacks invert, Walker rarely ever gets forward and plays a ball into the box. He's more of an outlet and one to just move the ball side to side and get the defenders moving. But if Gomez comes in on the left and he has the license to get forward, it it I mean, I would feel comfortable starting him in a midfield spot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, from what I've seen so far from the city defense, you really are banking on clean sheets because they have been susceptible to a leaky goal like they have been in the past to where – I mean, it, right now it's been earlier in games, but last season they were shipping a goal in the 80 minute, 80th mm-hmm. minute plus, and it was just ruining clean sheets and all that upside potential, which really sucked. So I've sort of stayed away from the City defenders as of right now. Even Cancelo is dwindling a little bit as far as a Fantrax asset. Um, it just remains to be seen how that defense takes shape and if he's still given that license to move forward. Cause right now he's kind of just sitting in the middle of the park, playing through balls into KDB and, uh, Gunigan who are sitting in this position he normally would take up. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I think you're, you're starting anybody that starts for Man City like you would almost any other week, just because they do have the potential to score five plus goals and those goals can come from almost anybody
1: exactly and and to your point earlier i know they haven't been keeping clean sheets but as mentioned with the injuries laporte's out i think when he's in the squad he brings a really good steady presence in that defense where stones hasn't been that guy that we maybe saw two years ago so that could be playing a role ake's not the most solid defender though he's serviceable and flexible complete left back I think we could see that change in the future. So, if people are low on Concello, I'd be willing to buy low on him. But, like you said, the midfielders and forwards are really taking over here, and he's not—he doesn't have the authority to maybe do as much as he did last year.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so gun to your head, do you want to own Holland or Kevin De Bruyne right now? See
1: the problem with that question is you're talking to the guy who drafted Holland first and second overall in two <laughs> respective leagues, but um, I, I'm not too bullish to uh, ignore the fact that it is close. I still got to go Holland though. I mean, I, this guy. What is what is he what is he not doing for people at this point? He's and, not and ghosting ghost points. <laughs> I mean, it's just—it's hard to score ghost points when every shot you take goes in the dang net. Like that's true. It, it, the the clean sheet the, or the the attacking return dependencies for him. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have that when you when you convert all your chances. <laughs> I, I think he, I think he's better than De Bruyne as a fantasy asset. But I wouldn't fault anyone for wanting De Bruyne. The one thing I will say, positionally, it is nice to have that top-tier midfielder because you can start five mids on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there's not a ton of forwards right now that that we love. So having that advantage with Holland every week is dangerous. Yeah. Every guy I go up against is terrified when they see that they have to play against Holland because he's, oh, yeah. he scores goals for fun. I think he's the best striker we've seen in this league since – Probably Suarez, but you you could say you could say Sergio Aguero as well.
0: That I actually sense. go up against the City Homer in my uh, home league this week, so I'm going to play against ten City assets, and he's yeah, got fun. Holland and everybody else that's not named Kevin De Bruyne. But just to play devil's advocate on that one, mm-hmm. Holland in the one game he did not score six point six ghost points. KDB averaging thirteen point one ghost points per start right now, which mm-hmm. I mean, I own KDB in the genie league. He's been a massive asset for me to stay six and zero. So
1: And that's what I, I can totally understand. I can totally understand that. We yeah. we are both undefeated in the genie league for the reason of having those players. I don't think I, yep. having one over the other is a problem as long as you have one.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to the next game here. We've got the Newcastle-Bournemouth game here. And we've got Newcastle favored by a goal in a quarter, which I'll let you explain that one because I still don't fully understand it. But the over-under here is two and a half goals as well.
1: Yeah, so just a quick, for those who aren't familiar with, with these scoring odds, one and a quarter, let's, let's start with one and a half. One and a half means that the team is expected to win by two, two goals, right? Um, that's the most likely out or that is the even outcome right so one team is expected to lose by two goals and one is expected to win by two or one's expected to win one's expected to lose sorry (laughs) but Newcastle minus 1.25 that just means that say you're at about $20 and it was even odds um, if Newcastle wins by one he would get $10 back uh, and then you would lose $10 to the house so it, it's basically saying, we don't think they'll quite win by two, but they probably could. It, it, it's a bit sitting on the fence from the odds makers here, but it means that they think that Newcastle will win by at least one goal.
0: It's just the house trying to take more of your money. As a degenerate gambler myself, I'm not making that bet. Anytime I see that 0. 0.25, I'm nah, I'm not touching yeah. that
1: one. I'm out of the game, man. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's just the two leagues for me right now. <laughs>
0: So let's start with the Newcastle side. Um, They've got some key injuries here in St. Maximin, Grimmarish, and Wilson. Um, I haven't really heard any updates on those guys. It's a possibility we may see some of them this weekend. I doubt we see Wilson. Um, ASM, I think the last I heard on that, he's still another week or two away. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you'll
1: see a lot of these fringe assets with injuries, Um, not just for them, but other teams. Uh, you'll see a lot of managers wait till after that international break because mm-hmm. there's just no need to risk it right now yeah so understandable uh, keep keep that in mind for these players when you're thinking about starting them over someone else that you might know is going to start
0: so this one with newcastle at home i'm i mean it it's weird to say this but i'm almost holding newcastle in the same light as city right now where i'm starting anybody that starts on that team because bournemouth are just that bad
1: yeah, I mean, I've got Newcastle right now as the eighth-highest midfield and forward scoring team, so their top half uh, wedged between Leeds and Southampton. Um, they're definitely a team you want to have assets on. Their defenders actually score the, have scored the most points in fantasy so far out of any team, and they use a back four. So, I mean, it's not too hard for the average person to understand, seeing as Target, Trippier, have been pretty solid. and. Char's been known to go crazy once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would agree with that. I think, especially given the context of the week, you're probably looking to stream anybody that's starting for them this week.
0: Yeah. So, there, I mean, is there anybody looking, you wouldn't? I mean, I'd be skeptical on Frazier or Willick, but I mean, if they start, they're likely to contribute. Um, Isaac looks, or Isak, however you pronounce his name. Mm -hmm. Um, He looks very promising. Um, So I think they're definitely going to score. I honestly think they score two to three goals in this game. So they've got to come from somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm pretty comfortable, especially if I'm, really hurting for assets this week and if i click on my game matchup and it shows that i have six players playing i'm gonna move some pieces around so i can get at least one or two of these guys in my squad
1: yeah for sure for sure i mean i think this over under at two and a half is a bit low i i could see this being a four or five goal game here yeah i I think so too a a 3-1 newcastle win
0: so I mean, let's go into the Bournemouth side a little bit, even though it's not the greatest right now. There is one shining light. Um, Marcus Tavernier, I mean, he's ghosting out of his mind right now. He's on what all the sets, so he's really the only asset I am comfortable rostering right now.
1: Are there any people you're uncomfortable with rostering that would still enter your starting 11
0: uh, like in general or from bournemouth <laughs> from in bournemouth. general any arsenal asset
1: Not from bournemouth oh damn okay
0: um i'm uncomfortable owning any of them <laughs> <laughs> if i if i have to play a bournemouth defender you know that i'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel for the this game week you're not a lloyd kelly stan um, I mean he scored didn't he or no he assisted a goal
1: yeah he's got two assists on the season I believe
0: Oh man, dude he's balling out I'm pretty sure he's re- reached peaked Lloyd Kelly so no mm-hmm. I'm going to stay away from that one <laughs>
1: one one funny thing I found about Lloyd Kelly uh, is he's listed on Bournemouth site at like 5'9 or 5'10 but then in other places he'll come in at like 6'3 or 6'2
0: so he changes height every game Yeah. Must be his studs.
1: So, Bournemouth's keeping their cards close to their chest here. And uh, (laughs) I think they're underselling him a little bit. But uh, anyway, just just a side note. Um, (laughs) I am excited to start Marcus Tavernier in most matchups, given his set-piece involvement. Um, and, And this is one where we could see them do well. I mean, Bournemouth came off a nice win the other day. I don't know if all the goals they scored were super sustainable and that they got that one where they picked it off the defender at the last second, and then they had Billing score and Absolute Screamer. Um, (laughs) But you'd think that they'd roll into it this week a little bit better um, than they had before. It's tough when your manager is pretty much slandering all your players by saying we need more guys every Mm -hmm. single week. So I think they have some new confidence right now. Uh, I'd be comfortable streaming Billing, Solanke, and uh, the aforementioned Lloyd Kelly. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then just in terms of injuries, so we're aware Stanislaus is out, Um, you know, Toddy's favorite, I've heard. And then uh, uh, Brooks uh, is recovering from, uh, I believe, cancer right now. He's getting some fitness in and might get some behind closed doors action. He's a guy to add to your watch list. He's not going to start this week. Just a note: keep keep an eye out for him because he scored pretty well uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. He might be a guy like after World Cup, yeah. who you want to add. But just to uh, just to add him to your watch list.
0: Yeah. While well, everyone's clamoring over the January transfers, double check that name to see where he's at in his
1: fitness. Yeah, for sure. No, not that it's a high
0: upside team or anything, but <laughs> no. So let's move on to the, another another game here. We've got Spurs-Leicester. Spurs favored by a goal, and the over-under is three. So we're expecting this game to be, mm, I mean, one of the better goal-scoring affairs. Yeah, high-scoring. Um, Spurs' injuries, really only Lucas Moura. Um, oh. I still haven't really heard a timetable for him to come back. Uh, I think he is training, but uh, lightly. Not that Uh it matters, right? Because Doherty
1: can't buy a start. And uh, Richarlison and Kulosevsky look like they're going to split starts. And maybe even Sun. I don't know if you saw this, but (laughs) um, Conte was talking about how Sun was droppable from the squad. if He continued in the form he's had. And not not that I think he's bad, but I think he's maybe just trying to light a fire under him. It it is concerning, though, if you're a Sun owner a little bit.
0: Yeah, I am in one league, and as a Spurs fan myself, um, I think what has happened in the first few games is, yes, Sun has been prone to these lapses to where he takes, not games off, but there's a stretch of three to four games to where he's just not really contributing, he's not firing on all cylinders here, he's just off his game. Um, I think Conte really wanted to see if he could push through that, and just grind it out it doesn't look like that's happening because the champions league game today was abysmal um and we could see Kane Kuliszewski or Charleston starting at the weekend um I am still fully all in on Sun he is coming off a golden boot season so yeah anything is going to be looked at underneath a microscope but um we know what type of player he is usually outperforms his xg tremendously so once he does get that monkey off his back he's gonna start scoring like no other so i am i am holding right now and i know we have a few questions but we'll save them till the end of the pod but we have a few questions on this game here yeah and it's worth noting he came off
1: um out of the front three today in the champions league game he came off as the only sub so Mm -hmm. it could be that he's trying to get rested
0: yep Um, Other than those front three or four, whether, I mean, depending on who starts, um, who else are you comfortable starting in this game?
1: Yeah, so most of the starting 11, realistically, I would be okay with starting. Hoiberg's been doing well. Benton you could slot in there. Um, And then you've got Romero, Dyer, Davies, as usually, you know, that's going to be your predicted back three, but... You could see Langley slot in there. I'm personally probably not gonna start Langley, but you could do worse than than him being in your starting lineup given the context of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I have for you, actually, going back to the front three, is is if one of them's benched, or I guess three of the four, you know, if if you get one of those guys benched, are you gonna start him still as a sub? Hmm. Say you have 12 guys. Would you start him as a sub? And one of them is just a streamer.
0: I think I would. Um, I think Conte is prone to making changes around the 60th, 65th minute if things aren't going his way. Um, I mean, it could be twofold. They could be up 2 3 nothing. They could be down by one and need a goal. Um, so we have seen him make this changes as before. Um, we've seen all four of them on the field a few times, actually, so far. Because um, Kulusevski can slot in at right wing back. But, um, yeah, I'd be comfortable rostering any one of these four as a super sub, really.
1: Yeah, Me too. I think it's an opportunity if you have one of them and they're benched, to just pick up somebody. I'd, I'd rather hold one of these perspective stashes, like a Pinnock or a Pulisic and start Son off the bench or Richarlison off the bench mm-hmm. because we know that I mean Richarlison's been coming in pretty regularly around the 65th minute yeah. so to and get realistically minutes of that against Leicester who are yeah. just shipping goals for fun um, I mean you got to take advantage of that I think
0: plus realistically if you're gonna start let's say Bentinker over Sun Kane Kulisevsky or Richarlison you're Mm-hmm. your upside is seven points eight maybe if he doesn't get the odd goal or assist but right. if you were to play richarlison for 20 minutes he could score two goals so mm-hmm. uh, yeah i think i'm comfortable on that side of it um great switching over to Leicester, they have been terrible i mean i've never seen a team this bad other than manchester united for the first two games (laughs) um do you mean a team of of what their caliber once was
1: or just a team this bad uh, i mean the
0: norwich of old in this i mean yeah not i've never seen a leicester team this bad in the last two years let's say two or three years yeah but i mean i'm just not used to seeing them like this their defense is abysmal i mean i could probably score on them yeah yeah, I mean, they're, I, they're pretty I, tragic.
1: Um, I doubt it. but
0: So they, f- injuries for them, they've got Bertrand out, Pereira out, both long-term injuries. Um, but, I mean, you're still going to start your main players, but your main players have really – it's Madison and maybe Tielemans, maybe mm-hmm. Barnes. What do you think about yeah. those two?
1: I mean, main players in quotations. Yeah. <laughs> They, they have been main players in your starting 11 potentially but they, they haven't been scoring like it necessarily um, but I agree you gotta roll those three guys out there and just have faith um, mm-hmm. one thing that was interesting actually was um, Leicester City ha- though they're in last place right now um, they are 13th in midfielders and forward scoring so they haven't necessarily been the worst team to stream guys from um, or to start guys from, for that matter. In the mm-hmm. attack, it's really just their defenders are just liabilities right now. Even though I love James Justin, ugh, man, you're just terrified on a weekly basis that they'll give up five goals. So, um, going into streamers in that same respect, Nacho and Daka, I'd fire them up. I wouldn't be too worried. Spurs have actually had some pretty easy competition as of late. So, I... I think Leicester might actually be one of the better scoring teams that they'll have played against so far. Um, And then they could also roll out there with a 3-5-2 just because of how tragic they've been defensively right now. Hmm. Um, They could go with the wingbacks of Castagna, who I have no idea why he was dropped um, from the side, and then James Justin.
0: Yeah, I... This would be a tough tough matchup, especially mm-hmm. me as a Tottenham fan, to see, to roster any of the lesser defenders here. Just because I know the upside is limited and the downside is negative eight points. <laughs>
1: yeah, through the floor. Yeah. Quite literally. So, um, I'm probably going to be starting James Justin this week, but I'm not happy about it. It's cause he's on my team, and I don't have players. If I had another route, I would certainly take that. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: So let's move into our final two games of the game week. Um, we've got Brentford and Arsenal. Um, Arsenal favored by half a goal here, uh, over under at about two seven five. So mm, roughly three goals scored here. Uh, let's start on the Brentford side, a uh, team that's really playing some attractive yeah. football right now and um, and they're a pretty cohesive unit. Um yeah. I mean your normal starters here, Ivan Tony, Brian and Bwimu, uh Ben Mee's actually been scoring really well. Mm-hmm. And then uh Raya as well in goal. Uh mm-hmm. but one name that hasn't touched the ball yet and hasn't even touched the field. Uh what are you doing with Ethan Pinnock? I mean, he's injured. He's probably going to play some behind-closed-door games here over the international break. Uh, are you holding on to him still?
1: Yeah, so I actually um, just dropped him in one of my two leagues. I <laughs> I picked him up in two, but that was before the news that the game was going to be canceled, unfortunately. Uh, I I don't think he's a guy you got to hold on to but I think he has quite a bit of upside in that defense. Um, in the uh, Draft Society Discord, actually, we were talking a bit about him, and there was someone who knew a bit more than, than me about Brentford. They seem to think that uh, me and Jansen are going to be a pretty good partnership rest of the year, and that Pinnock might not take over for either of them until one gets injured, um, You know, assuming he's in the squad, uh, or they fall out of form. They haven't necessarily been the best defensive team so far. Um, I think they maybe have one clean sheet, if that. So I think they've just been humming on offense. I mean, they are fifth in midfielders and forward scoring as a team. So I think, uh, like you said, you roll those other guys out there. You don't have to start your defenders in this game necessarily. They haven't scored fantastically, but... I think uh, with relation to your Pinnock question, I would probably hold him if I can, but I would not sacrifice this game week to do so.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I'm probably in the same boat with yeah, I'm holding him in one league, and he's, it's going to depend on what mm-hmm. the lineups shape up to be like. Um, right. Speaking of those Brentford midfielders, um Are you looking to stream any of their midfielders or defenders for this game? I know Zanka's averaging about 8.3 ghost points in the two games he's played. Um, But if he's active, are you looking at starting him?
1: Honestly, no. Um, There's just not enough of a sample size right now. Uh, And do we know if he'll even start this game or have an idea? Or is he just uh, a guy if he starts,
0: you'd think about starting? I think it's just more of those. If he starts, would you consider starting him? Because he played against Everton and Crystal Palace. Um, he played one ninety-minute game against Crystal Palace, and the last game he played was against Leeds in their five-two win. He played twenty-two minutes and scored a whopping negative two point two five points.
1: Man,
0: That's so pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah, not a uh, big sample uh, I, I would size.
1: Say- I would sit him, I think, if you can. He's not the worst streamer, but, I mean, Arsenal, they're they're scoring goals for fun, so I think uh, I would try to avoid that. Brentford is not a stingy defense by any stretch of the imagination. They're getting it done on offense.
0: Mm -hmm. And I actually think this game could be pretty high scoring. We could see a 2-3 game here, a 3-3 draw. I mean, moving to the Arsenal side, Partey's out, Elneny's out, Reece Nelson's out. Mm -hmm. Smith-Rowe's questionable, but, I mean, even he still doesn't seem to feature in the squad um, maybe as a late sub. But um, you're obviously going to start Gabriel Jesus. You're going to start Saka. You're going to start Martinelli. Um, Odegaard has been pretty informed lately. Uh, Are you going to start Zinchenko?
1: Yeah, Zinchenko's got to go in your lineup, especially... Especially uh, in this week, he's got to go in your lineup. But I, personally, I, I consider him a, probably a top-20 option at defender. I mean, uh-huh. he's, he gets so involved in the attack that I don't see a way out of starting him. He takes mm-hmm. some set pieces. He makes good inverted runs in that team. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, we talk about Partey being out. It's possible you see him slide in at that CDM role. Um depending yeah. on how Arsenal want to play this one. If El Nani's out too. Um, I know Odegaard can shift back, but I mean, do they really want to do that? I don't think so. But I mean, they're gonna to have to score goals to keep up with Brentford here and Odegaard is a great player in his own respect, but he's not gonna help him keep him out if he's playing the you know, another six or an eight in that mm-hmm. squad. So I think Stinkchenko is a one hundred percent start. Tierney, I would also probably roll out there if he's starting. Chaka, you know, he's he's lighting the world up, keep yeah. him rolling. Uh, Streaming-wise, I think you can start any of their defenders. I'd have a little bit more pause maybe toward a Ben White, who doesn't really like getting forward. I'd prefer a Tomiyasu if he started. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and their center backs are fine. Gabriel and Saliba. I think Saliba's been scoring a little bit better than Gabriel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but that's been a pretty good pairing so far. I just, But I don't see them keeping the ball out of their net this game, with especially with that over-under of 2.75. Uh, this game has goals in it, and Arsenal's not expected to blow them out. Tony's in red-hot form. I, I would expect something along the lines of a 3-1.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I – I could see this one almost going two different ways of a 3-1 or a 3-3. It could be a shootout, and it could be pretty decisive. I mean, I just made a note here because I just found it interesting of everyone thinks that Ramsdale is like this great shot stopper, and he started on fire when he first signed for Arsenal, and he started off pretty well this season, too but he is actually the 15th ranked keeper in fan tracks. And he's in the same bracket as Guaita and Melier. I mean, you have, I mean, I have De Gea available in my league and he's score averaging double the points that Ramsdale is. So I, would you yeah. consider starting him at all? Or are you even rostering him at this point?
1: I own De Gea in both leagues and I think I'm just gonna leave him because <laughs> I think he's actually been doing pretty well. Manu I think since they've made the change their defense is better than Arsenal. Um I mean they beat Arsenal. <clears throat> <laughs> um, but I don't I mean I don't wanna I don't wanna analyze goalies too far here, but uh yeah, I would rather have De Gea over Ramsdale. Ramsdale's worth owning. Arsenal is a good squad. They could keep clean sheets in the right matchups but uh i would not consider him undroppable that's for sure if you Mm -hmm. could pick up another goalie this week uh, i would definitely do that
0: yeah i think i'm leaning now that i'm looking at this again i think i'm leaning more of a shootout in this one just because brentford is at home Um, i am as well yeah in the three games at home they've scored 10 goals and they've only conceded three they scored four against man united and five in their last game against leeds so i mean the goal potential is there although they are going to go up against a better defense than the maguire led man united and mm-hmm. the Leeds defense um and then another interesting just kind of kind of what something to look for in arsenal's near future um they've got a tricky game at brentford and then in their next five games they play tottenham liverpool and main city all at home but pretty tough opponents Mm -hmm. So that, what, five wins and a loss to start the season? Yeah. yeah. That could get a little tricky here in the next few games.
1: Yeah, we could really see them put to the test. Um, I would say it's probably too late to trade high on any of these assets and get rid of them. Managers are too smart to not be looking at future uh, matchups, I think. (laughs) Um, unless they're, you know, a die-hard Arsenal fan, yeah. Um, the upside there is if if your guys do play well in those matchups. Um, I, I think I've said this a few times to some of my league mates. It, it, it th- these positive matchups aren't necessarily always bad because if you see it, an asset like, for example, Marcus Rashford or Jaden Sancho against Liverpool, they played well. I have no one expected anything out of them that game, and then they had some easier matchups coming up if they can do it against the best teams, then everyone's going to want them against the worst teams. Mm-hmm. So, um, just calculate that into, if you're thinking about trading them out on a high for some of these more difficult matchups, just make sure you're getting the value that they deserve. Otherwise I just, I just hold on and ride the wave. Just don't expect too much out of them and kind of factor that into your lineup. Maybe put a little bit more safety or some upside in there. One of the yeah, two for sure. Um,
0: yeah. let's move on to the last game of the fixture list and the game I'm least looking forward to watching because I think I could probably fall asleep to this game um, just envisioning what I think may happen, we've got Everton and West Ham two teams that are pretty much afraid of scoring goals right now
1: yeah, they're allergic um, <laughs>
0: West Ham's favored by that dreaded 0. .25 goals, and we've got an over/under here of two and a half. So it looks like if we do see goals, this one looks like a one-one draw to me.
1: It could be a zero-zero draw, really, for for <laughs> you know yeah. all the chances there are. These over/unders are rarely actually going to go below two and a quarter for the Premier League, from what mm-hmm. I've seen. Um, so I think this over/under is pretty. Um, outrageous. It, this game, I don't see it being over two goals. Personally, Everton's defense has been very underrated. They've made a lot of additions to their team. They just got Idris Agana Gay. So, a midfield with potentially him and then Onana and Iwobi seems pretty industrious, where I feel like they're going to be able to counter whatever West Ham is going to throw at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, West Ham, I mean, they just throw that. How many times are they going to throw this same lineup out that simply isn't working? Um, I just think that... I think they're probably going to stick with it because I don't know how many other options they have. They could toss out Skamaka, maybe, but it's not like he's been on fire either. Yeah. Um, these are both two low-scoring offenses uh, that I don't really want a part of right now until maybe DCL came back.
0: The only thing I can see... Um Factoring into this one is that Pickford is out for Everton, so I mean we might see Esmer Begovic Begovic too, right? Or I I don't know. I haven't. I saw they signed another
1: goalie. I Um, did
0: see they signed an emergency goalie, but I don't. Could just be backup then. Yeah, I don't know why they would. Begovic is
1: good in his own right, so I I wasn't worrying
0: too much about him. I just don't even know when the last time he played a game was. Yeah.
1: He almost got out last season as a striker when they were low on guys.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, it seems to be the case with Everton uh, almost all the time, but their injury list is almost too long to even list out with Pickford, yeah. yeah, Calvert-Lewin, Godfrey, Mina, Townsend, Holgate, Decore. I mean, like you said, that midfield is industrious, but it lacks creativity. Um, it really does.
1: There, There's very little upside in that midfield. Any of those guys, they could all equal eight points this week. I, there, there's not a whole lot of upside in that midfield, admittedly, but I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate rolling out any of those attacking assets like Gordon and Gray, and, mm-hmm. and I definitely like Tarkowski
0: in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually targeting it, those streamers of like yeah. and Onana. Like I, mm-hmm. I think a guy that's going to guarantee you eight points this week could win you your matchup. It's going to be a low-scoring week probably.
1: It could be in Onana or an Iwobi week. I can mm-hmm. see that. Maupai, uh, I would not, personally. Um, I, I don't want to go anywhere near him. Yeah,
0: that one, it's... If you have no other forward options, roll the dice. But if you have anyone else that's starting, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I he just can't a pull... my ma-
1: setter last week.
0: I just can't setter. pull myself to do it. <laughs> no. As far as West Ham goes, I mean is questionable. Cresswell's questionable. Ben Johnson, questionable. Sushek, questionable, but looks like he's going to st- stay in the squad. I mean, other than Paqueta, their new signing, are you even thrilled about starting any of the guys on this squad?
1: No, you're not excited, but you're rolling them out. Yeah. It's one of
0: unfortunately.
1: Um, I mean, you. If you think about what people invested in Bell and they put a second round pick into that guy, he's, he's going in their starting lineup, whether he wants to or not. And then Antonio, again, if he starts, you invested enough in him probably, and you don't have anything better, you're going to start him. Ben Rama, I actually think is, is looking better this season. Um, When he gets used, I just, he just gets yanked sometimes a little bit early and he might not start. So, you know, you're rolling the dice with him. And this is a Sunday game, I believe. Mm -hmm. So if you have another option, I'd probably start them. But worst case scenario, he could come in as a sub and do okay for you. Uh, He's definitely improving, though. I wouldn't say trade him in, but just keep an eye on him. Um, And then streaming, I think you could do worse than Zuma or Emerson. Dare I say Kufal.
0: Yeah. I think those guys you're streaming mostly because they're almost the guaranteed starts in this side, especially with the Cresswell and Johnson injuries and Cornet. Um, but I don't know. I, I'd be very skeptical to risk starting anyone from Everton or West Ham. If I didn't know they were locked into that starting 11, especially because this is the last game in the game week.
1: Yeah. I concur your sigh is exactly how I would feel about starting any of them
0: (laughs) so with that being the last of the fixture list I do want to get into some of the questions that we've seen on Twitter Um, I appreciate all the guys and their support on Twitter for this uh, inaugural podcast episode I've been talking about it for a week or two now it's finally rolling out Um, the support's been amazing the questions coming in are great Uh, let's get to the first one from no one on twitter can you cover graylish for Ericsson trade who wins rest of the season um i'll let you take this one because i am a begrudging Ericsson owner right now
1: yeah so i'm a uh disgruntled grealish owner right now actually <laughs> but there's there's light at the end of the tunnel i think um so i think with trades, and this is just broad, you can use this for any of these trade questions, I think. But for any of these trades, especially with the higher round picks, um, don't forget that you know, eight weeks ago we were drafting our teams and we had these consensus ranks at one point. So uh, use that as your baseline and then figure out what changed. So since we drafted, we I got Grealish in the second round. Some people did third. If we got him past that. You know, you robbed your draft blind. Um, I don't think a whole lot's changed. I mean, you'd be scared if a guy came in at winger and was absolutely wowing everybody. But I know Bernardo Silva's gone in there at wing, and he can play center mid, too. He's been good. He's definitely had a good season so far. Um, But he's flexible in where he plays. Mares hasn't lit the world on fire. And I really think Pep likes Grealish um, and wants him to get minutes. He might actually get favored in the Premier League versus Champions League, but uh, he's healthy now. You kind of got to back him. He didn't do poorly in his two games, I believe, so far, Um, and this offense just has so much upside. I mean, if you look at the team scoring, they have scored over 100 more points than any other team has combined between their midfielders and forwards.
0: That's very unsurprising.
1: It's not shocking, and and I know it's because Holland and KDB are bagging goals and assists left and right. But if you're gonna tell tell me that the guy that I mean I honestly think Grealish is probably in terms of chemistry closer with Holland than Foden is. If you're gonna tell me that the guy that's you know second after KDB in terms of chemistry with Holland is starting, I, I'm I'm over the moon about that guy. Now don't expect numbers from Aston Villa. Those days are gone. Those aren't coming back. Stop trying to make them happen. But Mm -hmm. he's in a good offense. He's in a good offense that scores points with a primary goal scorer that we didn't have last year. He would often get stuck at the number nine last year. I think when he's a left winger, he presents pretty massive upside on a weekly basis. And I would prefer him over Erickson That being said, Erickson is going to have a much safer floor. He's on those sets, which he's very good at, right? Just because you're on sets doesn't mean you're worth anything. You could be complete trash at them. Um, And he's pretty much a lock to start most games, whereas Grealish will get rotated out. You have to be comfortable with that when you have Grealish. But if you drafted him in the second round, you knew that. You knew that when you drafted him. He was drafted after Foden, um, you know, the— He's not, he's not necessarily a locked and loaded starter. So just be comfortable with that. I think I will go with Grealish. I think he presents more upside. But if you're really seeking out that floor, I can understand Erickson. He might be a little less frustrating, but I think you could probably speak to that better than I.
0: Oh, he's still pretty frustrating. I mean, he's ghosted his way to a double-digit performance one time, and that was the first game against uh, Brighton other than that he's sitting at four and a half five points a game he had an assist last time out against arsenal that put him at 11 points mm-hmm. for the game i mean he's just been he's such a deep lying player now in the way that tonight mm-hmm. is using him he's always that third fourth pass away from the assist so it's just i don't know i'm willing to hold on to him right now because i don't think that his trade value could be any lower right now agreed Um, And then on the Grealish side, I am going to stick with my preseason expectation of he will outscore every other winger on that city team. I still think he has the, like you said, he has the best chemistry with Holland. We saw it in (laughs) preseason. Well, yeah, other than KDB. I'm not going to put him in the class of (laughs) these other players. It
1: looks like Bowden genuinely doesn't want to pass to him.
0: which is weird. He's open all the time. I know he could have so many assists if he just passed it across, but yeah. So I think we're both lean and Grealish on this one. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next question here. We've got two more and then we'll wrap it up. I know we've been a little bit longer than we expected, but we'll get that on the first go around. Um,
1: yeah, that'll change in the future. Just, (laughs) just going back to our, our podcast goal. We're, we're going to target a time of, of something closer to 45 minutes. So, um,
0: unless people like hearing from us um then i don't really have a problem just rambling but from the banta boys the banta boys podcast check them out they're a great bunch of guys um i actually did one of their preseason episodes when we talked about tottenham it was a great time uh those guys are really fun they just put out a new podcast last night or today Mm -hmm. so go check them out but emerson royale missed a big chance versus sporting tonight also got megged dirty for the second goal that spurs conceded can we see a doherty debut soon and also what's the weirdest topping you've had on a pizza good luck with the podcast so let's start with the emerson royale debate does he get rotated this weekend
1: it's anyone's guess he's been (laughs) nailed on so far he's definitely not had some performances that haven't been top tier uh you could see it for certain but i wouldn't say just because he missed a big chance or got megged that he's out um it it does it mean you should probably pick up doherty yeah for sure um try and have backup though uh if Mm -hmm. it's it's all what can you fit in your team really because I could say pick up Doherty, but if you're fielding six guys right now, you don't really want to go into that game with Doherty and forfeit one of the other guys. So, yeah, uh,
0: I would say this possible. weekend for sure that either Doherty, um, Sesanyan, like the rotation players are worth picking up if you have the roster spot solely based on we don't have many fixtures to choose from, and they have one of the better matchups. Mm-hmm so i'm okay picking up doherty if he's available and keeping him to see if yeah he's gonna start if he doesn't it's an easy drop so exactly but no i don't i don't think conte rolls the same way we do where if we see Mm -hmm. you had a missed a big chance and you got megged then you're done for um but what's the weirdest topping you've had on a pizza
1: oh boy um you know easy would be pineapple but that's not really weird anymore so i
0: love pineapple I, on pizza i can't go
1: i can't go for it i don't i don't think it's as bad as people say but i'm not for it i'd actually have to go um there's a place uh, i'm i'm originally from rochester new york there's a place when i take trips to the adirondacks actually uh, in old forge that had this clam and bacon pizza
0: hmm.
1: um that was actually pretty solid i have to say interesting
0: It's a good combo i think the weirdest one i've ever had was macaroni and cheese on Mm -hmm. a pizza which was interesting but i don't i don't really dwell into the uh no odd toppings like i'm not gonna get sardines on a pizza no thanks
1: no no absolutely not (laughs) so last question here waivers (laughs)
0: yeah for sure and it's gonna die there so last question (laughs) here uh, before we wrap up is from Gareth uh, another Spurs question so as a son and Kane owner he owns both of them would you look to trade off one possibly son of them and for what level or tier player would you trade them for um, I think it needs to be stated that this is not a 12 man league um, this okay. is a nine team league and, I, I mean, if you're going to trade either Sun or Kane, the level of player you need to get in return is, a, a, I mean, you need a top 10 player in return. So
1: I, I agree. Um, the thing to note as just a strategy for these smaller leagues, right, we're, we're accustomed to having 12-team as the standard. So, you know, I, I've played in a couple of 10-team leagues uh, in fantasy football, uh, American football, that is, and what's important is really getting those top tier guys, because there's so many more guys available on waivers than there would be normally in a 12 team league, that your depth maybe isn't as important. You need to, if you're gonna trade one of the two, you need to be improving your starting lineup significantly, mm-hmm. because you have to think about okay, I mean someone's probably gonna offer you two for one. For one of those guys I would yeah
0: think. I mean you you'd almost have to unless you're yeah. doing a one-for-one one with right another In which case player it's, it's that,
1: pretty easy you either like the guy better or not yeah um, but I would say you, if you're doing a one-for-one one, you're going to need one of one of the top tier guys like your I mean if you could get Salad, I don't think so after he scored today but yeah um,
0: I don't, know. Yeah, I don't even him? know would you trade you him for like
1: would... a Mitrovic like would you go that far no,
0: I no. mean Mitrovic's okay. playing out of his Just mind. Pulse check. <laughs> but the the one game he's similar to Holland in the aspect. The mm-hmm. one game he didn't score, which his his goals are way more likely to dry up than Holland's. And in the one game he didn't yeah. score, he scored zero points. Yeah. So yeah. Um, for sure, for sure. I mean, he is obviously setting the world alight, but I don't think mm-hmm. that can continue.
1: He does uh, start every game, which he does. To be noted.
0: But, again, like you were saying, if you're going to trade Sun or Kane, especially in a nine-team league that has depth available, you need a player that can single-handedly win you a game week. You can't, yeah. even if Sun isn't playing that well, you still roster him. Put him on the bench for a game or two if you don't think he's going to play that well and start somebody mm-hmm. else. But exactly, he's not worth trading out, and definitely don't ever drop him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like I wouldn't trade him for like Neto plus... Tiago or something like that. I don't think that really benefits you. No, no. I, I it's think you're going to need a guy slightly below Sun maybe plus in every week. So maybe a trade like Joe Ellington plus Rashford I could see taking.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you can get a – if you're light either in midfield or defense and you can get a – like you said, a Joe Ellington or maybe a city winger. Yeah. Then the higher wire. Yeah, possibly. But I don't know. I'm, I'm still holding firm on son. I think he's going to come good. I would too. We are rolling up here on almost 90 minutes in. And I just want to thank everybody for who tuned in. Thanks, everybody, for the support beforehand. We appreciate the questions coming in. Um, We're excited to hear some feedback on our first episode. Let us know uh, what we got right, what we got wrong, where we suck, uh, what we can improve on. And uh, we're just, I I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm just happy to do this because I just enjoy talking Premier League. So this is just a fun way to stay involved, Mm -hmm. especially with a down game week. The postponements are getting to me. Uh, I'm just glad that we're back
1: yeah don't get the don't get the trade itch i've uh seen some people being a little bit too quick on the trigger uh so that's what i would say to everyone not just you but uh <laughs> it, they're gonna they're gonna be here soon and uh we'll, we'll get our fix just maybe not what we were expecting for this weekend
0: yep well, and with that let's hope uh both of us start the season off 7 and 0 to that <laughs> all right thanks everybody we'll see you next time